co-host Alex and Ali and of course I am Andrew I hope everybody had a beautiful beautiful holiday uh Merry Christmas Happy Hanukkah Happy Holiday Season it was not a Christmas miracle for the Eagles unfortunately uh we fell 34 to 40 to the Dallas Cowboys boys we're a couple days removed Alex I'll start with you I know that there's few things in this world that you enjoy more then giving it to the Dallas Cowboys, we were oh so very close. How are you? How are you doing right now? Yeah, I mean my my two year old son um, now says a few words absolutely fluently, and one of them is Dallas sucks, <laughs> screaming it. it from the top of his lungs. <laughs> he knows the Eagles chant uh, really well and was doing that, and you know it's 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 a little bit upsetting. I mean, he, here's. My immediate reaction is I was bummed right away. We'll get into the game. We'll go into the ups and downs of it and kind of, you know, what do we think was good and bad about that game. But now a few days removed, um, it's more just that it was a loss to the Cowboys and actually had any implications on like us getting a number one seed and going into the playoffs. I actually saw something the other day that our chances went from a 97% chance to get a number one seed down to a 95% chance because we lost that game. Oh, we, no. we went against the Saints and the Giants, who I know very confidently, even with Gardner Minshew in, uh, will be will be able to do it. But um, yeah, it, it definitely sucks to lose against Dallas. Uh, the the sports media doesn't love us anymore. I think today, like most people, have us at like the six to eight position, and most of the power rankings. Like I get it, you know, oh, it perfect. is what it is. But that's just how the, we like it. Yeah, I mean. Well, I don't know if I'm like buying into like Philly's always this underdog thing. And I mean, at some point, you we are the best. And most people have been saying that. But without the MVP of the season in there, it's just like, all right, like, sure. But like, it is what it is. Ali, how are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, Dallas needed every second at home in a game without the league MVP to pull out this win. I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. I was actually at the game. I was pretty unbearable. Um, the Cowboys <laughs> fan next to me was this sweet lady who told me she was going to have to put me in timeout if I got up screaming one more time. It sounds uh, like a very Texas thing. She also said to bless your heart. She she did not. She did okay. not. No. I and and you know what? This was my first experience going into what I had considered the Lions then, and I found a bunch of baby cubs who are very you know, sort of welcoming and and very nice and kind until the Eagles lost. And then it became, 
you know, hey, we're the best. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Eagles oh, suck. And it was like, you know, this is this is the true Cowboys loser mentality that I've come to know and love over these last 34 years of my existence. These people ha- have not had a championship in so long that any meaningful win in the regular season to them is their Super Bowl. So, you know mm. what? Go ahead, have at it. I, I wish I could say see you in the playoffs, but we might not. They might just lose out in the in the first round, and and it'll be over, just like it is every year. Now, was, get, yeah, go yeah, ahead, Andrew. I, I I just we will definitely get more into this, but I do feel like it is destined for for us to meet the Cowboys in the playoffs, and it feels like the script is just working out so perfectly that Dallas would play us the first time around with their backup quarterback. And then we travel to Dallas and play them with our backup quarterback. And I just feel like this story is going to end with Jalen versus Dak. And we can silence, we can silence everyone for good. Um, so yeah, so let's let's get in. But you know what, actually, before we get into talking more about this Cowboys game, I would like to address the Pro Bowl. The Eagles have eight Pro Bowl selections, which is more than I can remember in recent years. Um, And it's the most in the NFL, which is awesome. And it is incredibly deserved. I guess real quick, let's take a Yeah, let's look at the list. So Jalen Hurts, no surprise there. A.J. Brown, no surprise there. Landon Dickerson. A little bit of a surprise. A little bit of a surprise. Obviously, we're known for our offensive line, but I did not realize how influential Landon, you know, that's that's incredible. So Landon Dickerson in his second year already making a Pro Bowl and he'll be joined by his line mates, Lane Johnson, no surprise, and Jason Kelsey, no surprise. surprise. Um, So then uh, to finish this out here. So we have Hassan Reddick first year with the Eagles making a huge impact. Uh, Miles Sanders, which is I'm so happy for Miles. We'll get into, you know, this Dallas game, which was a little rough for him, but he's had an amazing year. And then, of course, uh, big play Slay, who's been a little shaky as of late, but definitely still deserving of a of a Pro Bowl selection. So eight Pro Bowlers, guys, what are your immediate thoughts? I'll start with you, Ali. And do you think that anybody was was deserving on this roster that didn't end up making it to the Pro Bowl? Yeah, I mean, I know there's this weird quirk in the rules where if you're on IR, you're not eligible for the Pro Bowl. So, you know, the fact that C.J. Gardner-Johnson wasn't on there and he was leading the NFL in interceptions for pretty much the entire season up until very recently. um, I don't know. It's just a weird quirk that I don't like. You know, you, you kind of like... you You hurt a guy for getting injured even though he can come back in the middle of the season. Yeah, I agree. And I also think that potentially uh, Dallas Goddard is also Mm -hmm. another individual that could be on there, right? So you really think about it. We could have potential up to 10 Pro Bowl players on on our team and and what that looks like. Um, I don't like the IR rule. um, But yeah, I'm also curious where Joshua Perspiration falls in the mix of all of this because sack after sack after sack right I'm, I'm we're just seeing him him do all that so it's uh yeah no it's 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 an awesome roster i can't remember the last time eagles had eight potentially 10 pro bowl players on their team that's pretty much the entire offensive line which is really? huge i'm trying to look to see who made it in the nfc for uh for tight ends i saw kelsey and mark andrews no surprise there made it for the no. afc um kittle's this- been doing okay but he hasn't been putting up huge numbers I could see Hawkinson. Hawkinson's had a pretty good season. 
Who the heck? Oh, here we go. But who else outside of that? Fr- now, Frymouth's AFC. Yeah, you're right. It is Hawkinson. Good call. Good call, Alex. So, yeah, that is... It's like I should start a podcast or something. <laughs> <laughs> eh, maybe someday when you grow up there, kid. Yeah, maybe. But that's just... The, the, I, I'm actually a little surprised by that. I, I Without looking too deeply into the numbers, I, it, I don't know. It, I feel like Dallas Goddard has had a very, very consistent season and is very well deserved but whatever okay that's great good for you vikings you you got hawkinson that's that's great um okay let's move on so shall we discuss this dallas game a little bit further alex and andrews two up two down all right so i'll kick us off um listen at the end of the day and I know we want to talk about league MVP. I know we want to talk about who was playing quarterback in that position. But Gardner Minshew did not play a bad game. And he actually looked really good. And I think it actually shows how strong this team is. I don't think there's too much validity in Micah Parsons' statement in saying that if you put any quarterback in the in the system, then it's in. Like, I think Jalen Hurts is the system. I think the play calling was a little bit out of Gardner Minshew's wheelhouse. A lot of RPOs, and that was really sloppy. And we'll talk about the turnovers here in the in the second part of the of the segment. But I think Gardner Minshew did pretty well. Putting up 34 points is a little bit higher than the average, and we've been putting up. And the Dallas defense, um, although their secondary can be a little bit suspect, um, does a really good job of getting pressure onto the quarterback. And I don't think we had. I mean, how many sacks did we have that game? We got Do you guys know zero times? Yeah, zero. Oh, zero. Literally zero. So, I mean, I, I think Minshew did what he needed to do as a backup and get it, you know, put put it into here at at thirty four points was was pretty remarkable. I don't know if you guys echo that sentiment, but here's the up: Gardner Minshew played a serviceable, expected game as a backup quarterback, and I think to take it one step further has shown that he could probably start for a lot of teams. I think Gardner Minshew is could easily start for like seven NFL teams, just thinking off like the top of my head here. Now, I'm, I'm going to have to circle back to last week's conversation because we talked a lot about scheme, and I think that there's no doubt that the Eagles do have a very well-run offensive scheme. So we were talking about Brock Purdy and the 49ers and how um, – you know, is is it quarterback talent or is it is it just a scheme that works where you can put somebody in and they're going to have success? I don't know with Gardner Minshew. We have seen him perform well with the Jaguars when he was given an opportunity. Um, and I know that they drafted Trevor Lawrence. So obviously there was, you know, the, their future was not with Gardner Minshew. And fortunately for us, he is a very, very capable backup. Um, he played Better than I than I expected. He played great. I yeah. mean, he threw for three hundred and forty yards. I mean, three hundred and fifty five. Yeah, he looked like he he didn't look like the moment was too big for him, and he led the team down the field on extensive drives. One of my favorite plays of the game might have been the I think it was was it the fourth down where they had the yeah. touchdown, and it was uh it was almost like there was like three different reads in that play, and he had somebody wide open in the end zone. It was brilliantly ran and it looked like he had been doing it the entire season with the Eagles. Um, With that being said, we also discussed how Jalen hurts. Does he make a difference? And I think that clearly 
I don't know. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here. Ali, I want you to chime in here. Um, do you think that Gardner Minshew is going to get a starting job next year? I mean, it's difficult to gauge a guy's pedigree on one game. Granted, it was a it was a pretty significant game in the season. Um, I, to be honest, I was a little frustrated by Gardner's play. Um, primarily, obviously, the four, you know the the end of the game turnovers were, were pretty killer, right? You can't turn the ball over three times and expect to win a game. Um, but it was the three plays at the end of the first half where he was just kind of throwing the ball out of bounds to, to sort of run out the clock so we can kick a field goal. Um, two of those plays, actually, I noted, I noticed Devonte Smith rolling out and he was wide open in the end zone and Minshew just missed them. And I thought it was interesting coming back in the third quarter that fourth down play that they threw to, to Devontae Smith. I think it was a fourth down, maybe a fourth or third down that they threw to Devontae Smith for, for that touchdown was literally exactly the same play. So I don't know if they went back and they looked at some of the, the images from, from the end of the half and were like, hey, let's run this play. If we get to this, this zone again, he's going to be open. But I, to be honest, you know, I, I was kind of frustrated with the lack of ball security and mm-hmm. the lack of you know, capitalizing on opportunities like Devontae Smith at the end of the half. Yeah, I, I hear I hear that sentiment, but I also just looked up here. Uh, we didn't punt the ball one time, right? right? Like I, I I felt that that Minshew was put in a lot of positions where he was in like third and eight, third and seven, third and twelve, and he came back. Uh, Drew, you're muted if you're talking. Yeah, right sorry. Now. Here I am trying to like cut you off, and I'm completely uh, muted. But I was I was gonna say we the Eagles had four turnovers, so that definitely plays into. I, I no, I, I understand that, but but where where I'm going from is there was a lot of times where we didn't turn the ball over on the end of a drive, and Minshew did enough to get it into field goal range, and we didn't have to punt the ball like Aaron Sifas didn't have to punt the ball one time. Now on the other side of the field, um. Brett Maher only punted one time, right, from from right. their side. But when you look at the actual yardage of the game, we had more total yards than the Cowboys did, 442 to 419. We had more passing yards than the Dallas Cowboys did at 355. And we ran how many less plays did we have? 69 to 72. We did all of that with less plays than Dallas had. The Achilles heel, in my opinion, wasn't necessarily – Gardner Minshew's poor play, it was the four turnovers that gave the Cowboys a short field in a certain position. And I think if those two fumbles don't happen, and even if Minshew did throw two interceptions, if we weren't punting the ball once statistically, we would have to be scoring points on those drive and we would have we would have had the edge to get it up. Even if it was two field goals, I would have tied it. So that's just that's just my two cents, sir. Makes a lot of sense. So we obviously went off on a little bit of a tangent, and you you said so. We have Gardner Minshew as your first up. Why don't you go on and give us your your second? Yeah, I mean, I I, I I'm big, I've been really big on my second up of just giving like individual player props in in, in certain positions. I just don't take say, mine. Don't take mine, please. <laughs> no, I think I think this one's fairly obvious. Um, I won't take yours. I feel like I have an idea of who yours is. Um, but just Devonta Smith is that dude. He is just that dude. He is like, it's insane how much he's progressed in these last like three weeks. His his toe tapping ability on the sideline, making contested catches. I think like right next to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, AJ Brown and Devonta Smith may be the best dual receiver threat in the entire NFL. I can't think of another team that has two players like AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. And um, 
I think I think Smith looked better than Brown in in this game. I mean, he he just looks absolutely phenomenal. So just you know, twelve targets, eight receptions, one hundred and thirteen yards, fourteen on average, two touchdowns. Um, dude is just an absolute stud. I'm just just absolutely falling in love with this guy. I'm and his not wingspan. You. I, I, was that yours? You. Was that yours? It sure was. <laughs> Ali, go on. I need a second. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, his wingspan is insane, right? That toe tap on the sideline was just like, he must have been a good seven feet plus, right? His hands were just seven feet plus above the ground. Being able to catch the ball that extended and not just that, I mean, the guy is catching contested balls in the middle of the field where his biggest question coming into the NFL was, is he going to be, is he big enough? Can he withstand these hits that these guys are dishing out in the NFL? And I think he's proving every single one of those people who said he can't wrong. He's willing to go out there and take those hits and, and come up with the ball and just pop right up and say, yep, come on, I'm ready for another ball. I love this dude. Yeah. I mean, I guess like when you weigh just as much as air, you know what I mean? Like you don't, <laughs> the, the hurts, the, the, the hits don't hurt so much. But um, yeah, Drew, how about we get into your two ups and we'll start off with Devonta Smith. I mean, just... He's so good. He's so good. <laughs> He's so good. Seeing his timing, I, the timing was always there. His, the route running was always there. The agility, the ability to get open. But there are some of these catches where it is so beautiful to watch. Like his ability to 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 catch a ball at its highest point. Like you're used to seeing, you know, these Larry Fitzgeralds, these Julio Jones, these big targets. And so when you have 165 pounds soaking wet, Devonte Smith, also known as skinny Batman, who is just elevating and putting his body on the line. This isn't the first game he's done this. I want to say maybe it was Washington earlier in the year where it's like, yep. he had three catches in like the first half of the game where he's just elevating and, extending and, and 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 securing the ball and and just laying out it, it's beautiful and then on top of that just like you guys said the toe tapping it's he does it all there's nothing that he can't do and if he i think the thing that people are always worried about is like he's the his build and is is he able is he going to be able to hold up we thought the same thing about darren sproles it's like well first of all you got to be able to catch him and second of all these guys are tougher than they look so Devonte smith that was, I don't know if that was a coming out party for him. Like, I, I feel like he's already kind of, you know, made it. He's already on people's radars. But, like, this was the true reminder that he was a former Heisman Trophy winner. And when A.J. Brown's going to take the majority of the attention, I mean, Devontae wasn't selected for the Pro Bowl. To see him just have a showing out like this on a nationally televised game against the Cowboys – if he's doing one thing, it's showing that he is just dominating division opponents. So yeah, love him. Well, love and, him. And, and having AJ Brown there, I mean, it's just that saying that iron sharpens iron, right? Like he's progressed so much in a year. And I think even like recently, I mean, AJ is making all these insane catches. I mean, I mean, you even heard it from like Jason Avant when he was on, he was just like, yeah, we're wide receivers. We're divas. We never get the ball enough. Like we always want the ball more. And I really feel like Devonta's like, Dude, this guy that's on my squad is making all of these catches that are making like all of these top tens and like best catch of the year. Like, I I know that I'm capable and I'm going to do this. I'm going to make sure that my team trusts in me. And and I thought it was it was phenomenal. And we're we're seeing a a different team than last year, where I do feel like 
our identity. He, he was the one last year. He was the number he one w- threat last year. Yeah. And he still almost had, I think he almost finished the year. He was just shy of a thousand yards. Um, or did he finish with a thousand? I don't remember. I think he was just, short. I think he beat Deshaun Jackson's record, but it wasn't he quite did. at a thousand yards. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. But, but, <laughs> <laughs> what would I do without you? But the, the thi- I feel like last year we were Jalen hurts. Wasn't the same player. And I do feel like we were a little bit more of just a run-heavy offense where mm-hmm. this year it's maybe sometimes it's even, but or but it, it feels like it's leaning towards passing. So for Devontae to be able to kind of participate this year and, and get targeted more, even though that there is a, a guy who's stealing the attention on the other side, it just – it must – feel so good to be a part of what's happening this season for Devante. So uh, my second up is honestly, there is a part of me that is happy that we lost this game. And I think that kind of to my point before the way that this sets up just feels, it just feels right. It feels like this was not our, opportunity to celebrate this was not our time to celebrate because the celebration that that the eagles are going to have is going to be a lot more meaningful than winning this regular season game on christmas eve with our backup quarterback this gives us so much more fire so much more uh you know so much more of a chip on our shoulder and honestly i love what it does for jalen hurts's mvp com- uh, for, for the mvp conversation we talked so much last week about how if gardner Minshew is able to come and step in and win, which he almost did, then that then it's it's like, well, now you just know the Eagles have a great scheme and it doesn't make Jalen Hurts look that special. If Jalen Hurts plays this game, the Eagles win. And that's that's the bottom line, you know? So that's it. Like I I can walk away from this game being like it sucks that we didn't win, but I do feel so confidently that if Jalen was out there, we mm. win. And so I'm looking at that as a positive. What do you think, Ali? I don't know, man. I don't think losing to the Cowboys is ever a good thing, just on principle. I I don't think I can – I don't think I'm with you, man. I don't think I'm with you. I I think we lose any other game this season except the Cowboys. It's just fun to win against the Cowboys. I mean, I would rather – I would have rather lost this Cowboys game than, for example, lose this upcoming week to the Saints where it's a team that is definitely worse than we are, but, like, it's an important game for us to win because of the Saints – we have this, the Saints first round draft pick next year, which obviously I don't want to get too far ahead of myself again, as I like to do. But um, I, my point being is that I feel like, yeah, I would have rather I would rather win that game than win the Cowboys game. Yeah, I, I think I'm in Ali's camp, too. I, I disagree. Um, not because I mean, listen, we could lose the next two weeks and we're still have a better prediction than I thought we would have at the beginning of this season. Right. Um, it, in, in my opinion though, it's, it's just such a, a big stage with a division opponent that these statistics are going to be coming back year after year after year. Um, you know, Dak has done really good against NFC East teams and it just adds fuel to like that fire. I mean, if it gets Dak a contract extension and it gets him to to to, to pay, you know, be paid more, then like so be it. Um, I I don't like losing division games, and we lost to the Commanders this year. We lost to the Cowboys. If we're going to see the Cowboys again in the playoffs, 
even though I do think we're the better team, division games are always different. You always want to win those games. Even when New England was at the top of their game and Tom Brady was dominating teams, the the freaking Dolphins always found a way to split 50-50 with them every single season. Exactly, which is why that these things just happen. You're, you're going to split with divisional opponents. You know, you might as... You might as well take one on the chin when you don't even have your MVP playing out there. It's yeah. like, right, if we're going to drop a division game, at least we have a good excuse. You know I, what, Andrew? I, I, t- I take it back, right? Because if we end up playing the Cowboys in the playoffs, I don't know what the statistic is for playing a team three times in the same season, but that third game is a really low win percentage. So, Oh, I'll we're going to be at home too, and we'll right. be at home, and it'll be right. loud. It'll be loud. Yeah. All right, so so let's get into why we lost the game. So uh, I'm so, gonna I'm gonna cut you off here because mine are very quick, and I don't want you to steal anymore. Okay. So yeah, thief. Okay. So first off the bat, that third and thirty completion. Dang defeat. it! That's my number one. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> suck it, Alex. That was that sucked. That was horrible. That can't happen. That was that was like. Reason number one, we lost the game. And then reason number two, we lost the game is because we turned the ball over four times. Yeah. If you turn the ball over one less time, you probably end up winning the game. Um, you, you, you spoon fed that last, those last points to Dallas uh, with the Miles Sanders fumble. And it's such a, that's such a, it's such a bummer that that happened to Miles because of, of how much we've been praising him this year. But again, it's just like these things, Were I they think both are on good. Him? I knew the second one was, and that was that was crippling. But was the I, first yeah. one on him as well, the RPO or whatever? That was wasn't that? that wasn't Miles. That was that Boston, Boston Scott. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. that was the, that was on uh, I think Minshew. That's gets credited with that fumble. Yeah. That well, was no, and, so and that comes down to when you put a backup in that doesn't isn't privy to always playing RPOs. Correct. True. Right, and and a quarterback that's not going to do the RPO. He's not going to run. It's not a triple threat. It's it's I'm going to hand it off. I'm going to pass it. Like it was dumb. It was an awful play call. Right. So that's it. We okay. gave up a really stupid third and long, and we turned the ball over like a bunch of dingbags. Yeah, so, so I, want, I, I, want, I want to talk about that third and 30 just because I looked into it a little bit, and um, everyone is saying that Darius Slay like blew up the play, right? And then he even tweeted out, like, if you don't actually know football, you don't know what you're talking about. And if you actually look at some of the replays, apparently it was like a cover two. It was disguise, it was disguise and Josiah Scott was actually supposed to be the intended person that was making the play on T.Y. Hilton there. Here's the thing. It is third and 30. You don't need to disguise anything. We should have drawn up a Jim Schwartz prevent defense and had yep. four safeties lined up at the, at the first down marker. You don't need to disguise anything here. They're passing and we are stopping the pass. It don't matter if you don't know football and whose position got blown up. That was a BS play call. In Madden, a video game, I am calling a dollar prevent defense and making and I'm and I'm giving them cushion and making sure they do not get 30 freaking yards. Awful play call. There shouldn't be a disguise. It should we everyone in the world knew what was happening and what was going to happen on that play call. Rant yeah, over. I, I need I, I, I need that trumpet agree. or the tuba <laughs> or the horns. I need it in the worst way. There it is. There That's it is. Better. No, it's, I I, I yeah. completely agree, Alex. Like it's a and this was I mean for me consistently like play calling this game had been such a frustrating part of of watching it 
Um, I mean, Dak, I think, completed 60-some or 70-some percent of his passes. And, and just having, you know, four rushes, us playing back in this, like, weak zone coverage, T.Y. Hilton was brought to the Cowboys not to be a, a game changer. He was brought in for one play, and it was third and 30. It was a huge play, yeah. Everyone knew why T.Y. Hilton was there, and he, I think that was, like, I, I don't know, he was probably on the field for, like, six or seven plays. That was one of them, and everyone knew the ball was going to him. Yeah, no, it, it just just totally inexcusable. Like, I don't miss those Jim Shorts defensive days, but that's the right call there. That is the right call. Do you just have four safeties or four whatever just standing on the on the first down line? Um, and then, you know, going to the second down here, um, Andrew, to, to echo with yours, like the, the four turnovers, um, really sloppy, right? Um, and, and one thing, and even though I do think Minshew played a good game, he was throwing everything very high. I mean, there were a lot of plays where it was, I think his first interception, well, no, that was a ball that Quez Watkins essentially had, and the defensive person just took it out of his hands in midair. Hmm. Incredible defensive play. Um, and 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 I hate to say it, but Quez needs to play more of like the Tyreek Hill, just speedster role and just getting mm-hmm. open downfield. He's not the contested catch guy. That goes to A.J. Brown. He's ripping that away, or that's going to Dallas Goddard, who's – you know, arguably in a different position type of player, they're not giving that ball up to a defensive player. And I think we've kind of seen that Quez is very weak when it comes to possession. Remember that other game against the commanders where he got hit from the back again, right? In in those really difficult situations, he's struggling with possession, which doesn't mean he's a bad wide receiver. It just means that he needs to be on those deep post routes, those streak routes, those routes down the field because he can track the ball and he can catch the ball and he's fast and he can burn through coverage, but he can't be the guy that we're throwing in contested coverage. It's just not working. Um, and then uh, I think the second interception was a ball that sailed. I, I, I feel like it, it got tipped and then a def, uh, safety picked it off. Do we know what the second one looked like? I think that was also to quit. No, it wasn't. Um yeah, but either was way, curse on. But with, I think it was curse that had both interceptions. Um, he did, and I think that those were like his first interceptions of the year. And he that's ended good. Up I feel like we we do that. I feel like we yeah, we do that. <laughs> we do that. Make people like Rasul Douglas look like you know win defensive player of the year award against the Eagles. You know, we cut him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that's it. And then just you know, with, with the four turnovers, giving them a short field was obviously what it was. I just, that third and 30 was just like the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, but yeah, I, I echo the, echo the same two downs as you, Andrew. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the quiz comment is, uh, is, is a little triggering for me. Honestly, this is, I, I feel like this guy is having, like he has these bright moments in games and then he's got plays where you know he doesn't shallow out his his crossing route as as well as he needs to and then the ball sails on Jalen and he throws an interception to the Bears or you know he catches the deep ball gets up and just inexplicably fumbles it or gets the ball taken out of his hands like I I agree right like he is a speedster he can burn through coverage but like is he a true slot receiver that Wes Welker that that you know, that inside guy who's able to make those contested catches. I think I agree, Alex. I don't think Quez is the guy. And to be frank, you know, you mentioned Goddard. Goddard had a relatively 
quiet game, which was kind of a head scratcher for me because the dude was like blocking his butt off the entire game. He had three targets, caught all three passes. Like the guy's a workhorse and maybe they just didn't want to include him early on in the process. But I mean, why, why not? Why not feed him the ball? He's like your biggest target out there. And he's arguably one of the top three tight ends in the league. Why not feed him the ball more instead of Quez? I'm and I'm. I think I'm still trying to understand fully what what is Quez? What is Quez Watkins? Because lately the Eagles seem to be utilizing him as a, lot. a well a lot, but they're they're using him as it's like they're going to him on third down. It's like he is the he he's made a couple nice catches on on third downs in recent weeks, right. but. I don't like even just looking at his numbers. It's like, so this past week he had one catch for 19. Um, The week before he had four catches for six yards before that he had four catches for 19, five for 37, three for 35, two for 31. So all of these games, he's averaging well under 20 yards of reception. So I'm trying to understand is Quez Watkins Mm. a big play receiver. I remember when we first started getting him involved before he was anybody I feel like we used him in the screen game. We would do those little bubble screen routes. We would set up the blocking and he had the speed to, to find a hole and, and just bust it. And it, it kind of looked like he had a good kick return type of capability in that way. Mm-hmm. But I'm not seeing the downfield pass. I mean, the last one I remember is the one that he caught and then fumbled against the commanders unless he caught one the following week. But it's he's he's not making big plays, but we're going to him in the shorter yardage third down situations which is just a little I'm, I'm a little confused as to what he is yeah I'm not going to pretend that, like I'm an NFL scout and I watch Quez Watkins film all the time but I think that he is playing the role that we wanted Jalen Rieger to play um, I think that teams have to respect his speed and then when he stunts up really quick that's why they're going to him quick because I think that those DBs are playing off of him a lot cuz you have to respect it right it's what you do for Tyreek Kill you have to line up another 10 yards downfield to make sure he doesn't burn you over the top so um it is interesting though that you read those stats to me because I was thinking that his average reception like if you were to just say Alex like trivia I'd say 15 20 yards so it it is interesting that he's averaging significantly less that than that per game and we've seen how awesome AJ Brown has been in as a as a, like a slant receiver, like catching slant routes. I think he might be the best slant route receiver in all of football. To me, that's is that like I, I feel like that's kind of a slot receiver type of route, something over the middle of the field. So if you have Quez, who's a burner, why not you know put him and Devontae on the outside again? I I'm like you. I'm just an I'm just an everyday person watching the game and. It's 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 we can all feel like we can, you know, create a roster in Madden and, and run the perfect plays. But I, but to me, it does it does seem like it would make a lot of sense. It's like you have AJ who's crushing it over the middle of the field and then you put Devante and Quez out wide and you have two deep threats. But, but alas, here we are but having Quez, this conversation. Quez was brought in to be opposite of Devante, right? Last year, he was the number two guy. He was that speedster on the outside that can sort of, you know, elongate the field. And, and open things up for the tight end and the number one receiver. So when A.J. Brown comes in and Devontae Smith moves to the number two, it's it's kind of like, you know, is it sort of like number two now moves to number three and not necessarily recognizing Well, Rager was that... our number two last year. Oh, interesting. Sadly. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. 
Dark yeah. times, Ali. Dark times. I just Dude, thinking about it, man. That team sucks. Thinking about it, man. Can you believe that we made the 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 play? <laughs> well, yeah. Can you believe that we made the playoffs with those guys? Yeah. That was our receiving core: Devonta Smith, Jalen Rieger, Quez Watkins, and what? And who else? John Greg Hightower, Ward. Greg, Greg, Greg Ward. Ward. Yeah, I remember when. I remember when. I think we even said on this podcast when he was like, "Oh, we're like, oh man." Look, well, what, Travis, what happened? Travis. I, I don't want what Greg happened Ward. to Travis Fulgham? Travis Fulgham. What, he was with us for like the first few games of the season, and it was like astounding. He was everyone's darling. That's uh, he was everyone's love child, and then just yeah. poof, gone. So Travis like Fulgham four. is playing on the Green Bay Packers. I haven't seen one Travis Fulgham, and they got nobody over there. They got Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and <laughs> Randall, yeah, Cobb, Randall Cobb. There ain't no Travis Fulgham. Yep. And then who who was the other one that we we mentioned? We said John Hightower, um, but who else? Greg, Greg Ward. Oh yeah, Where, where's Greg Ward playing right now? Greg he's, Ward. Oh, he's is, with us. No, he's with us still. I he's think on the he practice squad. I think we had him in some sort of injured reserve slot so we could keep him around. I love Greg Ward. Like Gregory Mario Ward Jr. Hey man, what was he a quarter? He was a, a college quarterback and he made was. a nice little nice little career for himself. He had some big plays for us. I think that was more like during the Wentz Wentz times. But anywho, uh, what do you say we take a look or let's let's hold on one before before we get off of this Dallas game, Ali, to keep it in tradition. What was the food like there? What was the concessions? Tell (laughs) tell, Tell us about the stadium. Was it was it concrete, bleak and awful? Was it bigger in Texas? Like, tell us a little bit about the stadium and what your impression was on it. I hate to give the credit that I'm about to give to the Dallas Cowboys, but that was the most Texas experience I've ever had in my life. Really? They give you a gun at the door? They gave you a gun. Nice. Um, You had to uh, (laughs) vote uh, for, you know, all Republican candidates uh, as you walked in. They gave you a ballot. Nice. They gave you, you know, voter voting is pretty big down in Texas. Was Was there a Ted Cruz statue? Uh, no, Ted Cruz was actually at the game. He, yeah, sure. he was just, <laughs> no, he was not at the game. Uh, no, um, it was a spectacle. It was a spectacle. Like you know, the the cheerleaders going out there, basically, you know, doing this massive number to ACDC's "Thunderstruck," and you had that giant you know, screen that was at the the top of the field that was just insane. Like I have never seen a screen that large suspended in the air. Honestly, it was, it was one of the most surreal experiences I've had. I was like one green, you know, Eagles Christmas sweater in a sea of blue. And again, I was, I was, pretty terrible, uh, a pretty terrible person to sit next to. Um, the food. So they had this QR code in front of every chair to where you just scan it and you log it, you create an account in this app and you can actually get food delivered Nuh-uh. to your seat. I swear to God. I, so I had nachos delivered to my seat. It was amazing. Yeah. I like that. That sounds, nice. that sounds pretty dope. I'm <laughs> no. not going to lie. Yeah. I mean, listen, as much I don't like the Cowboys, it's like a bucket list item of mine to go to Jerry World. I just think that would be yeah. an incredible experience. Your pictures were wonderful. You had awesome seats behind the end zone. Were you on the end zone where Devonta Smith caught that fourth down touchdown or was that on the other side of you? No, I was. I was oh, heck on yeah. That side. Heck was, yeah. It was the, uh, the QB sneak and the fourth down touchdown. Wonderful. That's awesome. Oh, you got to see. Yeah, actually, I remember you sent us a video and Gardner Minshew did that dance coming out of the pile. And stuff. That <laughs> yeah. was awesome, man. That was cool. Cool stuff. 
Actually, and I do want to actually highlight that the 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 QB sneak for a touchdown. They ran they ran the double cheek push and it worked. Like it's, <laughs> it goes to show you, you can just plug anyone into the Eagles offense, just push them forward. <laughs> but that it's was a good it. system. It was a good system. <laughs> All right, Andrew, you wanted to look at the playoff picture. Yeah, because I th- things are starting to shape up a little bit, and we have a little bit more understanding of where things fall. So right now, let's just. Real quick, look at the teams that have officially clinched a playoff spot. We'll start with the AFC. So first, we have the Buffalo Bills. They're clinched. Uh, The Chiefs, clinched. Cincinnati Bengals, in. Baltimore Ravens, in. The Chargers just won last night against Nick Foles and the Colts, who looked despicable. Awful. Uh, So the Chargers are in. That, That is six teams out of the seven that will make it. So in the hunt, guys. Who would have thunk it? Dougie P. Jackson, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Miami Dolphins are currently the two teams that look to be fighting for that last spot. Uh, the Patriots and the Jets are still kind of in the mix. I guess maybe the Titans and the Steelers as well. There's there's a lot of teams that are like six and nine, seven and eight that I guess it is still possible for them to make it. But right now it's it's looking like the Jaguars can kind of decide their own fate. Man. Like, love it. You love. I'm, I I, I'm, I know you I'm love rooting. Doug. Doug. Yeah. I'm rooting for him, man. I'm rooting for. Him. I I also like Trevor Lawrence a lot. I think he's just a cool dude. He's not motivational at all. That I've been seeing these videos of him, um, being like mic'd up, and he's 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 a weird dude. He's I mean, so he's. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like. I saw this video of him like trying to give like you know a motivational like hoorah to his guys outside the tunnel, and it's like I wouldn't even get off from the couch if like Trevor Lawrence was in front of me <laughs> yelling this stuff right now. It's just like, all right, guys, I I believe in you, and I think we're gonna do this. Or like he gets hit, and he's like, oh yeah, eighty eight, do it again. I like being hit like that. It's just like such a bizarre like way that he talks to people. Uh, but besides that, dude, I I, I want to see Dougie P. Uh, just like how I wanted Andy Reid to win the Super Bowl the first time. I love our Philly guys here that, that go off and do great things. So, um, yeah, I'm rooting for Jacksonville. I like them a lot. I guess the question remains at this point, if I just if I run you these names, so if we're talking Jaguars, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets, Titans, Steelers, Raiders, who is getting that final spot in the AFC? I don't think it's going to the Dolphins. If they shut Tua down, that's going to be very, I, very I, difficult. Tua, I think, got another concussion. He's he's not going to have CTE. He's going to have XYZ by the end of the season, man. He's going to have it all. <laughs> um, I don't see the Raiders. Patriots, maybe. Jets. Do we know what happens with Mike White coming back? I mean, who knows? Zach Wilson is a joke. Yeah, he's really bad. Tennessee can't do anything with Malik Willis. The Steelers, they're just too inexperienced. They won't get there. I do like I do like Pickett. I think he's okay. But um I I guess so much slop. Patriots, Jets. I think Dolphins are gonna fall out of there. Jags should take it. We'll see. Jags are looking good. Yeah. I guess I guess the remaining schedule is also gonna have a might might uh, you know help help decide a little bit too. But let's yeah. move over to the NFC. Obviously the Eagles are 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 sitting atop 13 and 2. They have the number one seed. 
right now. Uh, so you have the Vikings with the second seed who are 12 and three. The 49ers are 11 and four. They're looking pretty darn good. Uh, they're in. And they the are. Cowboys are looking like they'll probably be the first wild card team in, uh, which means they'll have to play their first playoff game on the road, which could be dangerous. But anyway, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. The Cowboys are 11 and four. So right now, that's five teams that have locked up a playoff spot that leaves. Uh, how many more spots? Three slots. Nope, two slots yet to be filled. So right now you're looking at the Buccaneers, which, wait a second. They <laughs> no, look yeah. bad. They, they are, that division is bad. Like the fact that the Panthers and the Saints are both like very, they they both like still have a very, very good chance of making the playoffs is so bizarre. I don't. That is, it, it's this. That if is that a, one an ugly division. If that one Panthers receiver doesn't take off his helmet against the Falcons a few no, weeks DJ ago, DJ Moore, right? DJ Moore, they they might be sitting at the top right now. Can you? Be, I can't believe that they were left for dead. They looked like they might be the worst team in football, and the Saints didn't look too far behind them. But but yeah, the Panthers and the Saints are both sitting right now at six and nine. And uh, the the Buccaneers are seven and eight, so they're literally one game up on the rest of the division. Um, and also in the hunt, we have the Giants and the Giants and the Commanders, who are both trying to both get into the playoffs. Um, let's see here. So we got Seahawks, you got Lions, you got Packers. A couple teams that you know they're all floating around seven and eight, six and nine, and a couple spots up for grabs again. Who? Are the Buccaneers, are they going to end up winning that division, or do you think the Saints or the Panthers are going to end up figuring out a way to get in? I'm only worried about us in the NFC. I could care less <laughs> what, what Tom Brady and his 7-8 and eight Bucks are doing <laughs> to get into the playoffs, truthfully. Yeah, the old saying of you throw a bunch of garbage bags in the water, they're eventually going to all float to the top. I feel like that's, <laughs> the, that's the NFC South right there. <laughs> So the Bucks, who are they playing next? They're playing Carolina and Atlanta for playoffs. <laughs> I mean, they're just and they'll probably they'll probably be losing by like two points with a minute left in the game, and 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 the other team will do something stupid to give Tom Brady the ball back. And the way that they've found ways to win games is just is absurd. So anyway, now that we've talked playoffs, fun. Uh, let's get into. So I'm swinging at picks. Swinging it. Swinging it. Underdog picks for the week. All right, Alex, give us a recap of last week. What happened? Uh, well, uh, looking at it here, looking at my notes. Oh, we all lost. Mm-hmm. We all yeah. lost. Shocker. Swinging it this week. And it, you know, I mean, it is what it is. So uh, we had the commanders on the 49ers. Actually, let me pull up some scores here from last week. Just see how close he works. I felt that they were. I think that was like 37 20. Yep. Mm-hmm. 37 yep. 20. Okay. And then 20. Patriots, Bengals, 22 18. So pretty close. That came, that game actually came down to the wire. That was pretty exciting. And then the Bears and Bills and. Uh, not yeah, so that, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, was, so that, that was pretty close. That was pretty close. 35, right? yeah. 30, 35 to thirteen. So, <laughs> but I respect um, it. You went, you went, you went big. You you went for a big, uh, a big one there. So I don't mm-hmm. hate it. Yeah. But not very good. Uh, so this week, who do you got, Andrew? I am going with the Houston Texans no, at home <laughs> against the Jaguars. Uh, the Texans are 
they are just like playing spoiler right now. And you know what? They've been my favorite team to pick all year. And why stop now? If if I'm not going to win picking any other teams, I might as well just ride this sucker out until it just dies. So let's go Texans. They're a four and a half point underdog against the Jaguars. I'd want to see the Jaguars make the playoffs, but this game could be a uh, this could be a dangerous game for them. So I'm going for the five pointer Texans over Jags. There you go. I like it. I am going to take an AFC NFC South um, playoff battle this week between the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Carolina is a three point underdog. Um, I just. I don't even know if three points are going to be scored that whole game. I, I mean, they're they're, it, they're just it's just so pathetic watching them them play. And then Tom Brady's like, "Oh, this is fun." I'm just like, "Really, dude? Like, this is fun for you?" But like, all right, man. Like, looks like you're living your best life, newly single, whatever, man. But uh, yeah, I'm going to be taking the Carolina Panthers over the uh, Bucks. Ali, what do you got this week? On I I think you were spot on last week, Alex, with Brock Purdy having the moment be uh-huh. too big for him. Yep. But I think you were a week early. I think this is his week to lose against the Raiders. Oof. Six yes. point underdogs. I got the Raiders over the 49ers. There's some really good matchups this week. So I'm looking here. The Minnesota Vikings on the Packers. Packers are looking really hot. I actually really like the Jets Seahawks game because there's a little bit of a implication there on what that looks like. Yeah. Yep. Colts Giants, the Broncos Chiefs going to be bad. I don't know what the heck is going on in Denver, man. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh the head coach getting fired a few days ago is pretty wild. Is is was he the scapegoat? You you know, it's like or was he just not a good coach cuz there you- was one stat that I saw at the beginning of last week I screenshotted it. Russell Wilson was 0 for 3 with two interceptions. That's how that game started. I mean, that's so still, not the coach. <laughs> still more more bathrooms than touchdowns. No, no, I think he's 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 tied the number of bathrooms now. Oh my god. Yeah. I know. That's good, good for him. I hate that they're have like there have been so many nationally televised Broncos games this year, and yep. I hope they just they never get another game televised ever again because it, it hurts. It literally hurts to watch. Agreed. It's such a joke. They just got destroyed by Baker Mayfield. Like, <laughs> it's so stupid. Speaking yeah, of Baker bad. Mayfield, what a turnaround for that guy. I'm so happy for him and his career. Is it turned around? I, I mean, it's the guy like he's showing what he can do when he's got more than 0.2 seconds to throw the ball. <laughs> like, it's true. I guess it's just so bizarre that I don't know. It seemed like nobody wanted him, but he ended up in a good spot. Good for him. He's showing he's showing some things. All right, let's finish this off. We got the Saints coming up this week. The Eagles right now are a five and a half point favorite and uh, the over under is 43 and a half. So that's a one o'clock game. That'll be home, which will be great because the last three games. Sorry, Ali. I know that you like traveling with the Eagles to every single stadium that they that they play in, but they're going to be in Philly this week. So I don't know if that's a tough commute for you or whatever. I mean, I know what you're 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 in Houston right now, but you you live in Minnesota. You're in Houston yep. now. 
Yeah, What's... I'm, I might I might swing by Philly on my way back to Minnesota. <laughs> Who knows? We'll see. Why not? Why not? Hey, Drew, so the, obvi- books, the book's updated to seven now. Yeah. Yahoo's tripping. No, I don't know. I don't know if Yahoo's tripping. I wonder if Jalen Hurts has been announced that he's going to be coming back and the sports books know before we do. You are right. That did just jump. Let that jumps really quickly. We may be seeing an announcement here in a little bit. Uh, so it's 8, 841 on Tuesday night. So we'll see. Um, let's talk a little bit about the injuries, though. I'm a little bit worried about some of the things that I heard. So it looks like um, Avante Maddox hurt his toe. He's out. That's not good. That means we're going to see more Josiah, more Josiah Scott. Um, Lane Johnson is out definitely for the rest of the regular season, maybe up until the postseason. Hmm. Um, didn't Jordan Davis go down again too? I don't he know, guys. Concussion. He was a, he was concussed. I think he might be back next week. Oh, yeah, we don't care about concussions, right? <laughs> NFL doesn't care about concussions. Just look at Tua. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I did. I've been hearing. I don't know if, if I don't know if this is going to happen or not. But I did hear that Mylotta might possibly move to right tackle to fill in to 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 fill mm-hmm. in for Lane, and then uh, we would bring in Dillard to play left tackle, which is his actual position. I feel like we this happens every season. It's like end of the year we pop Lillard in there. Um, Dillard, Lil, yeah, Lillard, Dillard, Dillard, Andre Dillard, Damian Lillard. It's Andre Lillard. L- Dillard, it's Dillard. This is Pickens and Pickett all over again. It's so difficult. Um, Dillard, his position is left tackle. Again, it, it, I feel like we, we've tried like showcasing him in the past to, to maybe trade to a team that needs a left tackle. Very important position. Um, so I don't know if this is like another audition or another way to try to get some sort of you know draft value for him. But uh, nonetheless, it's a good opportunity. He missed uh, the first couple of weeks of the season with, with an injury. So... Uh, this is this is where the Eagles' depth could really, really benefit them. Um, so hopefully the offensive line doesn't take too much of a step backwards. Now, the defensive injuries are a little bit more worrisome for me personally. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Avante Maddox was, was wreaking havoc back there for Dak. And then as soon as he went out, it, yep. it was like a switch flipped. Yep, exactly. I agree. I, I'm not too too high up on Josiah Scott, especially after him getting burned on that third and thirty. And and who knows, it may be just like a bad game that he had. I, I really hope that Jonathan Gannon starts recognizing what this guy's limitations are and starts adjusting play calls to 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 not put him on an island again. Yeah, agreed. I think fortunately though, the Saints aren't going to have a lot of firepower down there. Uh, was it you, Andrew? Was it someone else in our group chat that says uh, Andy Dalton completed a whole eight passes last week? <laughs> that was it, eight. I feel like we're do pretty good against stopping Kamara, whoever they're going to be sending at us. I think it's going to be a pretty convincing win, and uh, I don't think anything's changed. But all we have to do is win this, and we clinch a number one seed. Correct. Correct. Yeah. It's it. it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not worried about the Saints. I'm a little worried about like Alvin Kamara scares me as a player. He's 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 an electric player. He's a he's a home run hitter, so to speak. Guy that can just you know take it to the house any given play. But I feel like it's been a little bit of a quiet season for him, and I don't know if it, if that has to do with just a, a supporting cast that isn't as strong as it once was. Mm. Um, the Saints have a rookie wide receiver, uh, Chris Olave who 
it's having a pretty a pretty darn good season. So I'm going to be curious to see uh, how our secondary does with him. Um, and there are other receivers I know. You know, Michael Thomas. I know he's been dealing with injury, and I know Jarvis Landry has has been playing for them as well. But they're not a strong team. They've been. F- they're six and nine on the year, and I think that that is more of a testament to how mediocre the NFL is, and and the and most teams are just average, and then there's just a few that are able to separate themselves. So I think that this game, the Eagles will separate themselves. I think this is going to be a a two possession win. So I have the Eagles winning uh, thirty one to eighteen. 31-18. Yeah, I think a big part of it is going to be who is going to be starting at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. My hunch, my hunch is that it's going to be Gardner Minshew again. I really hope it's not because I actually made the fantasy championship in one of my leagues and I have Jalen Hurts and Minshew and Hurts is projected more than Minshew. But like they're both, it, it's kind of odd how the, how the math is working out there. Um, and New Orleans does have a decent pass defense. I'm, I'm not saying they're elite, but you know they they, ha- they have some good some good people uh, there on on the other side. Um, also, one thing that's notable when we talk about injuries, Chauncey Gardner Johnson will most likely be back this week as well. So I think that's revenge really game. Excited. Hey, exactly. I want to see Love him that. him chirping at that sideline. So um, I think I think oh yeah, back to what I was saying. I think it's going to be Minshew because I think Sirianni believes that Jalen probably could play, but there's not enough on the line to say that I don't think Minshew can beat these guys. And he just put 34 up on Dallas's defense. Which that- makes me curious about what the MVP odds are. Cause I, I don't think Sirianni would play hurts just to pull, like, pull, give him pull, a we'll pull him up right now while, while, yeah, while I close out. Yeah. So I'm yeah, pull it up now and then I'll finish and then we'll go to Ali for his yep, score yep. prediction. Um, do it now. Uh, so <laughs> um, I, I think it's going to be uh, one on the ground. I think it's going to be, you know, boring football. We'll get up a little bit. You know, we'll, we'll kind of run away with them. I'm going to say Philadelphia 27, Saints 10. And that, that Saints 10 is going to be like a last fourth quarter touchdown. It, it's, we kind of had it convincingly scored, boring, was ahead, you know, most of the game. Ali, what are your thoughts? I think Jalen Hurts is going to play. Okay. I think this is going to be one of those games where Sirianni's going to – he's an emotional guy, and he's going to want to try to show the league that, hey, the wheels are not falling off the Eagles. We've got everything under control. And hmm. I think he's going to play so that Jalen could get, you know, two, three weeks off, right? Um, I, I, it's to everyone's benefit. I don't think this is meaningless anymore when you start talking about the last – game of the season, not having to start any of your starters and having a first round bye, that's pretty significant. So I think uh, Jalen will play if he can. If there's a sliver of a chance he's going to play, and I think the the odds jumping up a point um, may may have tipped in that favor, I think a little bit to your point. So Yeah, could have been. I, I checked Twitter. I didn't see anything that, that said it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That is encouraging. And, and, and even though the odds did tip up, Andrew's going to tell you where the MVP odds are now because I'm looking at them now and I'm a little bit shocked. Um, but Ali, what is your what is your score prediction? My score prediction is 35 to 7. Birds. 35 7. So the reason I don't think Jalen Hurts is coming back is because Andrew's <laughs> going to tell us the MVP odds right now. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a little bummed what I'm seeing. So it looks like Hertz is, is fourth in terms of odds. He's at plus 1,000. Josh Allen's at plus 800. Joe Burrow's at plus 750. And the front runner right now, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I get it. Um, I get whatever. it. Kirk Cousins is on this list at plus 15,000. That's good. Justin you know Jefferson's what? higher than him. <laughs> you know what? The That's last right. time, the last time the NFL MVP won a Super Bowl was in 1999. Kurt Warner. Yeah, that's shocking. I can't believe that Tom Brady, through all those championships, never won an MVP and Super Bowl in the same season. That's that's pretty wild. So yeah, the fact that it hasn't been done since 1999 is wild. Uh, one last thing I would point out: there are. Some extra implications here on this game is, I mean, there's it's more than just clinching the number one seed, which is which is priority number one and, and you know, getting home field and getting that by. But this does have implications for next season in terms of draft pick. We do have the Saints number one draft pick next year, and we've been talking a, a little bit about that throughout the season, um, a lot of which, you know, where uh, the Saints were kind of in the top five. We were looking at that pick. The Saints have been winning a little bit more as of recently. Like I said, they're six and nine now. Uh, so the way that it's currently shaping up is the Saints would have the number 10 pick in the draft next year. Therefore, by the Eagles winning this game, that will make the draft pick better uh, by giving the Saints another loss. So just a little extra layer uh, to add to this game, uh, you know, just to kind of add the stakes that are involved. Um Really, really a lot to benefit from if we're able to to win. So it'll, it, that, I guess that what I'm trying to say is that makes me believe that Jalen Hurts, we might see him out there on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So. No, I, hey, listen, I, I hope he's out there. I hope I win my fantasy championship. I hope he's not out there and like scores 40 points in the first half and then they sit him and then I'm like watching my lead dwindle away. So we will see. I mean, if you get 40 um, points in the first half, you can't get too greedy. That's that's pretty darn good for you. I, I, I will have to complain real quick because fantasy football is my nightmare. Just so people know, just so people, you know, I know people get upset and people have heartbreaking losses, but I'm in the semifinals. I'm going into Sunday night. I need 15 points out of a out of a combination of Tom Brady, DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins, and Michael Pittman. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Guess who's going home? Oh, Me. Man. Oh, I was going up against Leonard Fournette, and I won by like one point four points. Just watching that lead dwindle, and then the game went into overtime and, and point after point. But nobody cares about my fantasy team and no one cares about your fantasy team. So I think this is where we're going to start losing people into here. I care Andrew deeply, um, but guys, tough loss. We don't like losing to Dallas. Andrew thinks it was a good thing. I don't know, but um, (laughs) at the end of the day, Eagles can put it away this week. Let's make the last week against the giants, a game where we're sitting our starters, um, not doing too much, and um, we will uh, we'll see you guys then. So hopefully by this time next week, Eagles lock up the number one, and we're going to be talking playoffs and what that looks like for us. Thanks for kicking it with us, guys. Go Birds. Go, Go Birds. birds.